Welcome to Keeping Work Human, a podcast series about tackling the tough topics of cultivating and maintaining strong organizational cultures. Each episode features pioneering CHROs and business leaders who share stories, learnings, and their path forward in a workplace that has changed forever. Hey, humans, it's Steve Pemberton here, the Chief Human Resources Officer at Work Human. And today I'm joined by a very special guest. Dr. Andy Bega. Andy is the Chief People Officer at Go Health Urgent Care, one of the country's fastest growing, largest, and most technology forward urgent care companies. Andy, welcome to the show. Hey, Steve, it's a pleasure to be here. And where are you calling us from today? I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. Ah, yes, a lot going on in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> there has been, yes, it's been an interesting time. Yeah. The eternal election, I think, right? That's right. It's ongoing. That's right. With the runoffs, you know? Yep. I'm proud to say my vote was counted. So uh, I know when we spoke last week, I wasn't sure, but uh, the website confirmed that it was received and counted. So that, that yes, you were refreshing on the hour, if I recall. Every hour, that's right. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to make sure it got in there. So That's appropriate for Everything has been unfolding. I think we're all in need of, in light of an internal election and a pandemic, we're all in need of a refresher, as it, as it were. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Well, Andy, I wanted to begin by just asking a bit about how you came to the world of HR. How did that all unfold? Yeah, I don't know if that was ever the goal. <laughs> There's no place I'd rather be, I think. HR teams and people teams really have such an important place in business and the ability to impact the world and the way people experience work is such a powerful opportunity. So I love the work itself. I'm a psychologist by training. So I went to graduate school and and studied diversity issues and bias and and how it impacts decision-making and identity and all sorts of things. But, But really, as I got into the world of work, I've always just found people to be fascinating. And so probably no, no surprise that I'm certainly a people person and I've always enjoyed the the similarities that we all share, but also the differences. So I think any two people can really connect no matter how different they are or may appear to be, even if it's just connecting on being human, quite frankly, I think that's a powerful reminder. And then the ability to experience difference is something that I just fundamentally believe in. If you're not surrounding yourself with folks that are different from you, uh, however you want to categorize that, I don't know how you're going to really learn, grow, and, and see the world maybe through a different lens. And so anyway, that's kind of how I got into the HR, the people work, and really, really enjoy it. It's fascinating how human resources largely is this intersection of structures and people, and how those structures enable environments that can have people, in essence, do their best work. You know, it's a fascinating dichotomy because it, on the one hand, looking at it through the lens of the structure, always diving deep into policies and kind of quantitative measures. And then you're dealing with everyday people's lives at the same time, too. It's, uh, it's part of what pulled me into, into the world of work, into the world of HR as well. I love it. Yeah. There's a great deal of discussion going on about the future world of working as you, know, you and I know as uh, heading up respective people practices. There's always this kind of rush to kind of do what's the next kind of thing. And I wanted to get your perspective on how 
one, a lot of these conversations about equity and how they're unfolding in systems and structures, along with the global pandemic that we are regrettably still mired in. Andy, what's your sense of how this is going to impact the way that we work and engage with one another? Yeah, I think it's a great question. I think fundamentally, a lot of the problems we're, we're trying to solve are the same, right? You know, this idea that work can be a powerful tool, that people can achieve their best selves at work, I think is a powerful statement and something I believe in. But it's, it certainly has changed, right? Virtual work, if you would have told me a year ago or told anyone a year ago that we'd be doing all sorts of things from you know our home offices and remote environment that we live in, I don't know if I would have believed it. But it certainly is possible. And technology is an enabler, can be, could be a detractor. But the fundamental kind of concept of, of how does work play a vital role in a person's life for the good, this idea of creating a sense of belonging, a sense of community, that's certainly not the case for everyone's job, right? Some people have a job and some folks have a career. And I think that the more we can answer those questions and think through it from a fundamental lens and use technology as a solution to solving some of those problems, we'll be better off. That's kind of the lens I'm looking at it from. Look, the pandemic's only accelerated that. I don't know if it's changed that. I just think it's accelerated it. Just like the way we connect with customers and with patients has been accelerated by the pandemic. That same concept is very much analogous to what we're seeing on the, the team member journey. I was struck by your comment about finding our best selves at work, because in some ways, you know, there's a certain vulnerability or a fragility, perhaps, that we're all feeling, right? A test of democracy. We've learned how fragile democracy actually is. Our global health, we're learning how fragile that is. And it feels to me as if it's just this longer question about where do I find meaning and value? How do I impact the world? I can't solve polarization and political deadlocks, and I can't create create a vaccine. What is it that I can do and where can I do it? As if a lot of people are saying, well, I can touch the world in the place that I work. Yep. Yeah. I think a stat that I, I latched onto that I believe it's from the month of April, uh, if we rewind a little bit, the one of the largest search terms in Google was how can I help? I believe if I get the data right, that, that was researched more or that question was asked in Google more than it had ever been asked in the history of the search engine. And I think that's just fundamental, right? People want to help. Even when the world's changing, all these things are happening. And I think work for folks who are fortunate, and I certainly feel very fortunate to be at a company that was a part of that solution that we've been able to help. And that really is what brings people together. How can you help out your community? How can you help out other folks to help improve their lives? Well, I wanted to ask you about, about that and how Go Health has been innovating. You're at the center of this pandemic in, in a lot of ways. Walk us through what, what that has been like for you and for the company. Yeah. Yeah, it's been phenomenal. We have a, a leadership meeting this afternoon that we were putting in kind of the year in review. It certainly isn't over just yet. The 2020 year in review has, has been quite emotional uh, to kind of look back on, on all the things teams been able to accomplish and achieve. But the big piece that comes to me is testing, right? We've been on the forefront of COVID since day one. 
We've done over half a million COVID tests in the country across 10 states uh, where we operate. We've done over 150,000 rapid tests. And think back to early days and what it took to kind of get those things in place and off the ground very quickly uh, was no small feat. Uh, I remember, you know, the protective PPE, right? <laughs> There's things we would talk about as a leadership team. And then you turn on the night- nightly news and the whole country's talking about everyone knows what PPE is. I don't even have to yeah. explain it <laughs> anymore. No, no, you won't have to. That's right. Everyone knows what a PCR test is versus other types of testing. Anyway, it, it's been really interesting to see how our business has become just the forefront of, of a lot of people's minds and, and how you're thinking about your daily life. But obviously testing, rapid testing. I remember uh, president brought out the rapid test at one of the press conferences. We were using it that same day. I mean, we were, we've been um, really uh, on the cutting edge of, of innovation here. Abbott Labs has been a phenomenal partner with us for, for years now. And we've been um, using uh, their rapid tests along with others across our market. So just making sure we can get testing out to people who need it and trying to innovate on that, whether that's with uh, different employers who are trying to bring folks back into the office, or I think one of our more successful launches has been the partnership with the SFO airport and with United Airlines, where we've been testing crew at SFO uh, for United since July. And just recently, we've begun customer testing, where doing rapid tests at the airport. So you get your test result back within 15 minutes, often within five minutes. And just being able to give people that that peace of mind, that you can travel safe and secure, that you can, a lot of these flights are to Hawaii, that you can get to your travel destination and, and actually be able to enjoy your vacation versus being potentially quarantined. I think one of my favorite quotes of that experience with SFO was uh, one of our operational leaders at the airport came back and said, this is the first time the airport has felt like an airport since COVID hit. And travel is a, a luxury. It's a, it's a privilege to be able to travel, but it is a part of, I don't know anyone who doesn't like to, <laughs> right? It's, it's a part of how we connect, how we experience the world. And so certainly enjoying being a part of some of those solutions. Andy, how have you been able to kind of maintain the connection with your people when you're at the forefront of this? I mean, you know, whether you're looking at the scientists or President-elect Biden, they all point to testing first, testing and masks. I mean, there are other things, of course, social distancing and the like, but it's testing is the first thing to, to, to get the handle, of course. And that, you know, I know puts a lot upon, you know, Go Health. Of course, it, it feels to me almost as if kind of always on the clock, especially now because we know we're seeing daily record levels of how are your people, you know, holding up in the midst of all of this? I can't say enough about our team and, and gosh, I mean, the resiliency that folks have shown. I don't know if everyone really puts yourself in these healthcare workers' shoes, but the amount of bravery, particularly early days when we didn't know much about it, phenomenal. It's not a comfortable task to put on PPE, have the mask on, have all the protective equipment on for 12 hours at a time. It certainly can wear anyone down. The resolve to come back and do it day after day and to be committed to this is one way that we can help serve our community. People need testing. As you said, you, we've got to know. That's one way that we can combat uh, this pandemic is information. And whether or not you're positive or negative, that information is vital to your own health, but also the health of those around you. So 
we've worked very hard at how do we streamline that process? How do we make sure that it's effortless or, or easy for our, our customer, for our patients? A lot of that's done through virtual and, and we've dedicated certain sites in certain markets to the testing only sites where they just, that's what they do. And we've gotten very efficient at that. But coming back to the team, uh, those connection points are unbelievably important. And, you know, I got our hats off. I mean, New York was really the first market was hit by COVID, at least for us. And being on calls, uh, so there, you know, information was changing daily back then, right? What was the proper protocol? And it's not enough to just kind of send out the training, send out the teams to help deploy that training. People wanted to ask questions, right? Like, understandably so, people are a little bit anxious and nervous about what's going on. And so, I, you know, we're eight to eight operation in most of our centers. And so there would be multiple times a week where we'd have leaders on calls from eight till sometimes 11 o'clock at night, just to make sure every team member got their questions answered. We didn't want anyone to not know where they stood or clinically how they should approach something. And we just ramped up that, those communication touch points. So I know, I mean, Zoom is something we're all using now. And, it, you know, even my parents, right? The family, get together, it's amazing how quickly we adapt. But but just using the technology again to make sure we're staying connected with everyone. And then sending that to all the other things that have happened over the year of this idea that we've got to stay connected with each other as one way of us combating this pandemic. Wow, well, a uh, heartfelt thank you to, you know, the team. I think we're all looking at uh, first responders and uh, those on the front lines in very different light than we have previously. No, no doubt taking people for, for granted in a lot of ways, often putting themselves at risk. We know we've lost a number of health professionals over these last eight months, and that's kind of sobering. I think at the same time, gives us an enormous appreciation and, and respect for what you're, what, what you're undertaking you know, every day. Ironically, I was in a doctor's office and was you know, I was talking with the attendant who had, who had come in and I, you know, she was just telling me a, a quick story about someone who believed that, you know, COVID was a hoax, lost their, lost a very close friend and still believes it's a hoax. And I just, you know, I was thinking about her in particular because, you know, here she is putting herself at risk every single day and somebody, even though they've suffered a personal loss, still does not believe it. Yeah. And, you know, so she was the essence of a professional, you know, to say, well, I'm going to you know, perform my job and I'm going to engage in a discussion with you about whether or not this is real or not. And I think what she was really saying is, well, if the personal loss does not make the point, there's really nothing I can do at this point other than try and care for you as best I can. I think that's right. And the word bravery and heroes is, you know, often used in our culture, but I don't think it's appropriate unless you're talking about these moments, right? Like that is bravery, right? This call into service, I know we just, you know, Veterans Day was yesterday and we were, of course, celebrating, but this call to service is such, it really is unique. And for folks who have that call to service, bravery and these acts are just phenomenal. And it's daily, it's the daily moments, right? That patient that doesn't believe yet you put that past kind of your own mindset to deliver that care. That's so, such an important part of call to service. So you've, we've got a job to do. Anyway, I, I just can't be more proud of, 
of the team and all all the healthcare uh, professionals have been a part of this journey. It's been it's been one heck of a year. Yeah, yeah, it feels, it feels like ten. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. I do think in you know, the same conversation with Nurse, I we were just talking about the future, and you know we both had determined that this is going to be a investment in commitment that we're going to have to make for for the foreseeable future. You know, the severity, of course, of COVID has in many ways awakened us to something that you know full well has been with us for a really long time. That was Ebola, H1N1, HIV viruses are a real and clear and present danger to humanity. And so I, I got to imagine, Andy, go health is thinking about, okay, we get COVID in the rearview mirror, but there's going to be potential for another one. Is that how you're thinking a bit? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. It's something that you have conversations about. And we really view ourselves as access points, right? So if you think about the healthcare continuum, you obviously have the ER, the emergency room, and and that's appropriate clearly for emergency. And then you have, there's other forms of healthcare, obviously primary care. Uh, but this idea of on-demand healthcare is real and having access points to high quality of care. There's so many communities out there that just don't have it and they have to go to the ER, things that aren't necessarily emergencies. And so we view ourselves in that kind of broader spectrum of how do we make sure if, if you need care now that you have an option that's connected, right? We partner with leading health systems. So each one of our centers is part of a joint venture partnership. So what that means is that the care you're receiving is not episodic. If you're a patient of that health system that we've got your records, we're on the same electronic medical record system, the same EMR system. And so the care you're being provided is much is much higher quality. And then the continuum, if you do need to be referred to a specialist or, or some other service within that health system, we do that for you. And, and that idea of effortless, but like, yeah, I mean, as these things come up, we're at the forefront of these battles, right? We take that role very seriously. Well, Andy, I wanted to last ask if we, as we look ahead to 2021 and then beyond, what is the role that you think you know, HR leaders and executives are going to play in transforming the employee experience, particularly in light of how we have had to respond to these challenges in, in the last eight months? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's continuing to innovate, right? It's continuing to find uh, new ways to connect, answer people's questions, but also to make sure that you're making their experience an easier one, a more effortless one, and that it's personal to them. You know, I think those same concepts from our customer journey really do apply to our team member journey. We've been trying to innovate on that front from sourcing, hiring, training, all the way down the line that, that your journey with GoHealth is, is one that's effortless, that's personal, and that's connected. That's our customer promise. That's also our team member promise. It's a high order. So by no means do I think we achieve that every single day and every moment, but it's, it's something we, we do talk about. Technology certainly plays a role in that, right? Finding great partners to help deliver on those promises, I think are a big piece of what we've been thinking about for 2021. But I come back to how do we solve those fundamental problems that need to belong, that need to achieve? I think both of those needs can be met through a great workplace experience. Fantastic. 
Well, Andy, it was great speaking with you. Uh, I'd love to come back and have another conversation about your work and your perspectives on equity. That would be a whole other conversation if you're open to it. Absolutely, Steve. I, I really appreciate being on the show. And yeah, I would love to continue the dialogue. Well, we will plan that accordingly. So again, wonderful speaking with you. And to our listeners, if you are enjoying Keeping Work Human, leave us a review and hit that free subscribe button to automatically receive our next episode. Stay human and thanks for listening.